0: This is Carmen and Christina, and this is Historias Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible and deals with heavy topics like racism, corruption and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power and community. Also, apologies, you will hear my children throughout this episode. So yeah. All right, let's get into it. So today we're talking about Palestinian history in Latin America. And we also want to take you know, today's episode to express our solidarity with Palestine. Yes. And of course, it goes without saying that no civilian should be harmed, right? hmm But as others much more eloquent than me have put it, we can hold many truths at once. And so while we recognize that, like, I don't know, lives, you know, from Israel were lost as well, we also recognize the very real oppression of Palestine at the hands of Israel. Mm-hmm. And so we can have the capacity to acknowledge the pain, loss, trauma and anger of both Israeli and Palestinian communities, while at the same time understanding Israel's legacy of imperialism, colonization and apartheid. And we have to recognize that what happened was a response to years of daily Israeli military invasions into Palestinian towns, killings of Palestinians, all of which has been aided by the United States. And so I know a lot of us feel overwhelmed at this truly horrific loss of life and extreme violence that we're seeing. And so much so that we might feel paralyzed or apathetic. I've seen people saying things like, I'm not team Israel or team Palestine, which really makes this problem seem like a like a sport event. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, this isn't a sport for you to spectate. Yeah. And like, yeah, you don't have to. Pick a side, like no one's forcing you to mm-hmm. do that, but know that silence or not picking sides is is just the side of the oppressor. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean like we're never gonna side with the oppressor and the people committing genocide yeah. here at Historias Unknown. And and I've seen other people saying things like they've been fighting for centuries, let them fight, but it's so much more than that. And being paralyzed by fear or being apathetic. Only benefits the oppressor, like you said. Inaction only benefits the oppressor. And we can't believe that we can't do anything. There's so much we can do. We can post and share online, especially since this is something that Palestinians are asking people to do. We can dispel propaganda. We can contact politicians. We can donate money and educate ourselves. Um, and this is like a different rabbit hole that I fell into and why it took me so long to finish my notes. Uh-huh. But don't even get me started on the Israeli propaganda machine. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. And yeah. And so we won't get too much into it. But I did want to say that I mm. I saw that the um, IDF has a strong presence on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have like a bunch of um, accounts of like young, hot IDF Soldiers yeah. posting thirst traps. Um, thirst traps. It sounded like I said thirst straps. <laughs> and this is like something that goes way back before social media. There's like posters from like the 60s and 70s where they're like advertising like hot people. And it's like a way, it's something they use for people to come or to increase tourism and to uh, convince young like Jewish people to do their birth, quote, quote birthright yeah. trip and settle down with like Israeli like people. To further, you know, colonize. Yeah. So that's why it's even more important to not fall for Israel's strong propaganda machine, especially when it labels those who oppose its apartheid state as anti-Semitic. It's not anti-Semitic to call Israel a racist apartheid state because it is a racist apartheid state yes like we i'm sure you'll say it at some point but judaism being jewish judaism is not zionism they're not the same thing yeah if you're against zionism you're not anti-jewish you're not anti-semitic like because now they're trying to equate it to being hitler or like yeah yeah and it's not the same it's not like it you don't and there is people that cross the line and are anti-semitic um and that's not right yeah you know, and you know what makes this so much easier is because like there's all these like weird conspiracy theories out there that then say the new world order is like all these jewish people and so and blaming them right but and then when you look at it's not like a conspiracy theory it's because at the end of the day colonis- colonizers rich people are one and the same and that's why you see the united states Supporting Israel and Israel, s- supporting the United States, it's like uh, this relationship that benefits each other, and so it's not uh, like this weird new world order. It's colonization and racism. like, please. <laughs> At the end of the day, mm-hmm. that's the real issue. Like it's not this week, because I mean, I'm sure you've yeah. heard of those weird conspiracy theories, too, and that's not. Yeah.-hmm. That's not what we're not like, you know, supporting her, those conspiracy theories. But at yeah. the end of the day, when you look at where the money is, it's the United States and Israel and, you know. Yeah. Imperialists are going to imperialize together. <laughs> yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say that. Um, and so, yeah, with all of that being said, um, it's imperative to emphasize that there is no war and there's no conflict between Israel and Palestine. What we're witnessing is not a conflict or war, it's genocide. Yeah. How can it be war when one side is being occupied and doesn't have the right to have their own military or their own anything. Yeah. And then on top of that, Israel controls Palestine, um Palestine everything. everything. Water, food, electricity, really everything. Mm-hmm. And so um we can't really call for peace without acknowledging that Israel is a, like we said already, colonial, settler, racist, apartheid state. And we can't call for a ceasefire without also calling for an end to Israeli occupation to Palestine. Because as many Palestinians have said, like, if there was a ceasefire, you know, tomorrow, things would just go back to the way they were. They would just be occupied with them being terrorized and controlled and occupied. So yeah, We want to share a brief history of Palestine and Israel before talking about Palestinian history in Latin America. And again, this will be brief because there's no way we can talk about 75 years worth of human rights violations and international war crimes committed by Israel. Yeah. And we won't even get into this today. Not really. I don't think so. But Israel has not only committed these gross violations and international war crimes against palestine but all over the world including latin america our beloved latin america (laughs) yeah yeah. i mean they funded so we in our episode of a brief history of the civil war of guatemala like we mentioned the united states funding you know the death squads and the the government state that was enacting Mm -hmm. genocide on the the maya people and what we like didn't mention because i didn't know it at the time is that after the united yeah. states stopped giving aid to uh, continue the genocide for whatever reason because i'm not entirely sure why that ended but then israel were the ones who continued to fund the death the the genocide of the maya mm-hmm. and then they also funded uh Pino- pinochet Mm-hmm. When again, because, you know, these these dictatorships, these coups, they they rely on other imperialists colonizing countries. So it's going to come from the United States. It's going to come from England or Britain. Sorry. Again, I don't know. <laughs> 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 Which one is I don't know. Anyway, and Israel, like that's when it comes down to the money, like that's who it's always from whenever the United States funds and or. Yeah. If if one is not funding the money, the other's supplying the weapons. Like it's all of them together. And so that you know, that's another thing I don't understand about these conspiracy theories. It's like, okay, fine, you're you're like following whatever, following the money and you get to Israel, but then they say, Oh, Jewish, you get to the Jewish people, which they're not the same again. Mm -hmm. But then nobody ever like blames the United States. And it's like, what do you mean? They're in it together. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they they funded The Maya genocide in Guatemala. They funded Pinochet and all of his horrific, horrific crimes, which I think we've briefly, briefly talked about. Like, again, one day we're going to cover it fully. Um, El Salvador. Uh, Not to mention, oh, yes. I was going to say that. (laughs) Yeah, they funded uh, Arena um, and Mm -hmm. those death squads. Uh, again, when the United States um, funding wasn't like was over, they continued to, to give money. They gave weapons. I think they also partook in training the military just like the United States yeah. did. So, yeah. And and there's more that we won't we get into and more recent things. Way more recent. Yeah. Including them providing uh, the spyware and technology for repressive governments in Latin America to like Bukele. Via Pegasus and in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pegasus, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, we're um, mostly talking today about what Palestinians refer to as Al Nakba, which translates to the catastrophe. And this refers to the mass exodus of at least um, 750,000 Arabs from Palestine in 1948. But most Palestinians believe Al Nakba began decades earlier. The origins of colonialism in Palestine can be traced back to 1799 during the French invasion of the Middle East when Napoleon Mm -hmm. (laughs) issued a proclamation offering Palestine as a homeland to Jewish people under France's protection as a way of establishing a French presence in the region. And this planted the seed for a vision of a Jewish state in the Middle East, but it didn't materialize at the time. It was revived again by the British in the 19th century. And this is where the Palestine Mandate, also known as the British Mandate in Palestine, enters the scene. This is the one that starts with a B, like the the something has a name, doesn't it? I just seen the British Mandate. Oh, I thought it had a different name. There, oh, there's a different, oh, sorry uh, there's a part of that called the Balfour Declaration. That's what I was talking about, yeah. the Balfour Declaration. Yeah. Okay. So Palestine was among the former Ottoman territories. And after World War I and the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, it was placed under administration of the United Kingdoms by the League of Nations, along with other former Ottoman Empire territories. All of the former Ottoman territories, except for Palestine, became fully independent states. So the mandate placed Palestine under the administration of Great Britain. And this was meant to be a a transitory or temporary phase until Palestine became a fully independent nation. But as we know, this didn't happen. In 1917, the mandate incorporated the Balfour Declaration which declared British support for a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine. And this, in part, was a result of the Zionist movement lobbying Western powers to support the mass migration of Jewish people to Palestine and recognize a Jewish claim to the land. Of course, it goes without saying that Britain had no right to promise land that belonged to Palestinians and Arabs to Zionists. Mm -hmm. But what else, are? our colonizers is going to do but prop up other colonizers right Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to define zionism real quick so in the shortest way possible zionism is israel's national ideology and zionists believe judaism god i can't say that word isn't that what we were doing the other day judaism judaism (laughs) judaism 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 Judaism. well people know what i'm saying yeah yeah (laughs) judaism is a nationality as well as a religion and that jewish people deserve their own state in their ancestral homeland israel which of course is based on the bible which we to some people is very real and to others is a work of fiction i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know and i can't say I can't. you know i, okay. I okay. you know I <laughs> <sighs> yeah so so the Balfour Declaration stated that the British would use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this project. So, with the support of the British, an influx of Zionists began to move into the area, displacing thousands of Palestinians. Um, and not only that, but the British made Hebrew an official language of Palestine, enacted laws to ensure that Arab or Palestinian lands would pass into Jewish hands. They established a separate educational system. For Jewish people, and they allowed the Zionists. Um, and I feel like I, I interchange like Jewish and Zionist because it was Jewish people that moved there, but it's Zionists, you know? <laughs> yeah, like today. <laughs> that, yeah. 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 And there so was, probably um, just say Zionist. Yeah. There was a, a period of time before all this where like Christians, Muslims, yeah. and Jewish people lived together, and it was mo- like, yeah. there was no. Issues like there is today, because they Palestine was Palestine. There was no yeah Zionism. There was like everyone mm-hmm. lived in the one you know area. Yeah, um, and so the under the Balfour Declaration, they also allowed the Zionists to have their own army, which made it all the harder for Palestinian resistance that fought this from the very beginning. In 1922, while Palestinian leadership in Jerusalem insisted on continuing ne- negotiations with the British. To resolve rising tensions, a Syrian leader, Is al-Din al-Qassam, began calling for an armed revolt against the British and the Zionists. But in 1935, he was surrounded by British forces and killed. His resistance inspired many Palestinians, and the following year, an Arab rebellion erupted against British imperialism and Zionist settler colonialism. However... By 1939, the British had smashed this rebellion, and the Palestinian Rebellion found themselves fighting British colonial forces and Zionist militia groups. Due to the unrest, the British started to limit the number of Zionists arriving to the area. But this new limit on immigration upset the Zionists, and they launched terrorist attacks against the British, driving them out of the region. Okay, wow. I didn't know that Yeah, they were no longer happy with them. And the Zionists soon outnumbered the Palestinian resistance forces. And per Israeli historian Ilan Pap, Zionist leaders and military commanders met regularly for a year from March 1947 to March 1948 to plan and finalize the ethnic cleansing of Palestine. The Nakba, right? Yeah. And so that's to say this was a very long and deliberate planned out process, you know, because people try to say... (laughs) That it was not yeah. purposeful and intentional. And it was. But they pl- literally planned it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was per a Jewish historian, you said. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. <laughs> then there was an escalation of Zionist attacks against the British and Palestine, which led to the British handing over, like officially handing over the responsibility for Palestine to the recently founded United Nations. And, and again, it, it wasn't like theirs to hand over. No, like it was never theirs in the first place to start this mess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> in November 1947, the UN General Assembly proposed to partition Palestine into a Jewish state and an Arab state. But this was a gross disparity because the Jewish population in Palestine only consisted of one third of the population. Most of them who had only recently arrived from Europe a few years earlier. So they were like a minority of the population recently immigrated and they got like 55% of the land from the UN. Damn. And this was after world war II. Yes. Yeah. Because again, world war II happened. And then like Europe didn't want to be responsible for the mess that Germany created with mm-hmm. their antisemitism and genocide of Jewish people. And instead of like finding this new quote unquote land or home for them, and not being responsible for everything that would happen there in Europe. They were like, oh, we'll have this. This is considered holy land to because yeah. of your Bible or whatever. And that's when they were sent over there. But like, mm-hmm. like Jewish people exist everywhere, right? So there was yeah. like middle eastern jewish people and then there was european jewish people and like yes they're both jewish but that doesn't mean that the european jewish people had a birthright to this land that was not theirs like yeah there was middle eastern jewish people but they were in in such a minority compared to like palestinians Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um obviously palestinians and arabs uh rejected this proposal And while the Zionist movement accepted it, they didn't agree to the proposed borders and campaigned to conquer um, even more of Palestine. By early 1948, Zionist forces had captured dozens of villages and cities, displacing thousands of Palestinians, and even had carried out organized massacres. As the date that the British had picked for the mandate to expire approached, May 14, 1948, The Zionists ramped up their efforts to steal Palestinian land. And in April, they seized Haifa, one of the biggest Palestinian cities, and then set their eyes on another city, Jaffa. And I don't know, I'm probably pronouncing these Mm -hmm. wrongs. I don't know how. Yeah, me either. Then, on the day that British forces formally withdrew from the area, the head of the Zionist agency, David Ben Gurion, proclaimed the establishment of the State of Israel. And overnight, Palestinians became stateless, and the world's two great powers, the United States and the Soviet Union, immediately recognized Israel. The Zionists continued their ethnic cleansing against Palestinians, and war broke out between neighboring Arab countries and the new Zionist state. And at that point, the UN appointed a Swedish diplomat, Folk Bernadette, Bernadot. I don't know how to pronounce it, as its mediator to Palestine, and Bernadotte recognized the suffering of the Palestinians and he tried to address it. But his efforts to stop the ethnic cleansing and find a peaceful solution came to an end when he was assassinated by Zionists. Oh my God, of course. In yeah September 1948. By 1949, over 700,000 Palestinians had been made refugees and more than 13,000 had been killed by the Israeli military By May 1949, Israel was admitted to the UN and had consolidated over 78% of Palestinian land. The remaining 22% of Palestine became known as the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, while hundreds of Palestinians remained in refugee camps waiting to return home. Along with removing Palestinians from their homes and their land, the Zionist movement also tried to erase Palestinian and continues to try to erase Palestinian heritage and culture. And as we know, destroying a people's culture and stealing their land is genocide. Yes. And it continues to this day. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was reading that often that date in May 1948, is referred to as um, Ad Nakba. But all of this, <laughs> like many Palestinians recognize that the Nakba started way back and continues to this day. Yeah. And like like you said, Carmen, a lot of Palestinians either were moved to... Not moved to, but like forced into West Bank, Gaza, or still stayed within Israel. And in Israel, they're treated as like secondhand citizens. Their IDs are a different color than Mm -hmm. uh, Israelis. Their children can't be like recognized if they're within Israel and like, 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 say Jerusalem, right? Like if mm-hmm. a Palestinian has a baby there, then like it's very hard for them to register because their ID is different than the Israeli ID. Like, and and there's so many laws. It's just a complete othering of Palestinians. Yeah, within Israel itself, and not to like like we've already mentioned the atrocities that happen. And and there's so much like I I. Would have never stopped reading, you know, if I yeah. didn't end it at some point. Yeah, but too much. Yeah, I learned that. I'm pretty sure it was Gaza that was declared unlivable that would be in 2020, and they're past that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So, and it's just horrible conditions. It is horrifying, and um, like people are like, oh, well, we want Palestinians to condemn Hamas before. We we say we support Palestine and like why? Well, you can just support Palestine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I didn't even get into it, but I'm sure you've done some reading about it as well about how Israel basically created Hamas. Yes, and exactly what um, I was going to fund say. Funded Hamas, funded. And they don't anymore. But oh, funded there, in the beginning. They created Hamas because they saw Palestine Palestinian people and, and politicians were starting to like rise up and join so they created Hamas to kind of try and break up the unity that was happening within Palestine and it yeah. like bit them in the ass as these things tend to do when <laughs> you're a yeah. Zionist and colonial settling state but like everywhere you look like on social media I think it was like back in 2020 there was a video going around of a Palestinian woman confronting a a New York man oh yeah that was from when I'm pretty sure it was 2020 but yeah that in that video a Palestinian woman is confronting a man from New York and she's like this is my home you're stealing my home and he's like well if I didn't steal it someone else is going to come and steal it I didn't do anything wrong like this is just mine now and there's so many videos like that and this is a man from New York you're going to tell me that this white man from New York has a birthright to that house like please Mm-hmm. but that's what they do <sighs> yeah like a, the key uh a palestinian elders carry a key with them and this is the original keys to their homes that were taken from them and usually around uh the al nakba that that it happened mm-hmm. and they still have these keys and these keys are passed down from generation to generation and like it's such a thing there was a video of an older older gentleman like a palestinian man being interviewed by a little little girl and she's asking him like what is your hope for the future and he said that palestine will be remembered and that you'll you can go home because this man he was already old so he i'm gonna cry but he didn't think he was gonna go home but he said his hope would be that they the younger Mm -hmm. generations could return home yeah like it's just it's horrifying and like obviously all like now they're they're i forgot the number i saw but the israeli bombs that are hitting yeah gaza um they're being bombed to like oblivion like they're being bombed yeah so much and it's just ridiculous at this point like i've seen politicians and people saying oh israel has a right to defend itself and i'm like defend itself against who sick children and elderly people at the hospital (laughs) like this is just so stupid and collective punishment is a violation of international law. Like everything they're doing is a violation of international law. Everything they're doing. And exactly. International even law is a joke. when they shut everything down <laughs> and they're like, oh, give up the hostages. Okay. Yeah. And then, then, like, you can't do that to people that have nothing to do. Yeah. And then they're the ones killing their own hostages at this point yeah because of and then mm-hmm. and yeah and there's so much propaganda um but at this point you know people saying that um Hamas had decapitated babies like that wasn't true no and you know who's decapitating babies Israel with it's all real. their bombing mm-hmm. you think bombing doesn't behead babies like please yeah and then I keep seeing oh think of the children think of everyone everyone is going through this like yeah oh my god <sighs> Yeah, it just, it's just horrible. Yeah, and there's just a few, like my notes are not really like notes. Notes are like just points that I wanted to mention for people looking mm-hmm. for form- more information. But like in 1948, the Zionists wanted to make Einstein the president of Israel. And he <laughs> wrote in response to that, uh, along with 28 other like prominent members of the Jewish community at the time, that the Zionists, You know, Israel was a political party closely akin in its organization, methods, political philosophy and social appeal to the Nazi and fascist parties. Mm -hmm. And so he would not he would never agree to that. (laughs) If Einstein could recognize that, why couldn't why can't people today? Yeah. And it's just insane to me seeing all the politicians like of our country, you know, like, oh, Israel has uh, the right to. Defend itself, or we stand with Israel. But it's not a surprise. I could not. <laughs> and, and oh, I just remembered my uh-huh. thought that I wanted to say. So earlier on, there was a lot of um, like politicians and people saying, oh, if you don't stand with Israel, then you stand with terrorists. And a lot of people are remembering that that was a message after the 9 11 attacks. And we obviously know now that. <laughs> wasn't exactly, you know, true. Yeah. Uh, of how the government said things happened, right? Like the the whole war essentially, right? And so yeah. a lot of that same message messaging is being repeated now, and it really boils down to racism just like it did back then. Yeah. I I want to talk about something that's a little more lifting with Palestine and Latin America, but before that, I also want to go a little bit into the Israel imperialism in Latin America or South America. We mentioned, you know, Guatemala already, but they aided in, yeah, in Guatemala they, um, you know, we mentioned already what they were doing, but yeah, beheading, burning alive, bludgeoning to death, hacked to death with machetes. They, this is how they trained the forces in Guatemala to commit genocide because they're already. Well-versed in it. They know how to do this. 5,000 died in like one massacre, Rio Negro massacres. This was uh, in Guatemala, 1980, 1982. And again, this was with the aid of Israel that this genocide happened or massacre. I mean, like same, it's all together, right? Yeah. In Colombia, they the paramilitary force that was there, uh, trained by Israel. These right-wing paramilitary forces trained by Israel killed like 100,000 people. Mm, my God. Yeah, so 50 of the paramilitary's best students were sent on scholarships to Israel to be trained. Oh my God. Yep. Scholarships to be trained in, in murder and torture. Mm-hmm. And they were, these uh, paramilitaries in Colombia, they were always in need of arms. And who do you think their major supplier of arms were? Israel. Yes, and they did the same thing in Panama and Guatemala. And Chile, Israel supplied Pinochet's regime, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And this was discovered in like declassified CIA documents. From 1975 to 1988, Israel sold radar systems, air-to-air missiles, naval equipment, aircraft, anti-missile systems to the Pinochet dictatorship. And apparently Pinochet like purposely seeked help from israel because to him and this is what he said tel aviv attaches no political strings to its transfers so like there was no strings attached to the aid that they received from israel other i mean and really i think the only real string was like kill whoever you want with this like you know they're like hey fellow colonizer do what you will with these do what we would do with these here you go yeah yeah pretty much horrible stuff um they also trained Pinochet's military on top of, you know, the weapons and all the stuff that they were giving. They also supported the Argentinian military di- dictatorship and this was also an anti-semitic regime. They don't care. I was reading about that too before. Yeah. So you talked about the disappeared in Argentina and like the Dirty yeah. War. 30,000 people disappeared during this time. About 2,000 of them were Jewish. How much? 2,000. Oh, okay. In 2012, um, one of Argentina's newspapers, Clarín, reported that retired Argentine pilots and military figures testified that in 1982, they were secretly flown to Israel to meet with representatives from the military and defense manufacturers, and they returned with planes loaded with arms, mortars, air to air missiles, and anti tank weapons. So it's the same thing all over Latin America. Yeah. In Brazil, Again, they sided with the military dictatorship. They didn't care that they were working with literal Nazis. Mm-hmm. So, it, <laughs> this is why we're like Judaism does not equal Zionism because yeah. they're literally doing the same thing and they're working side to side or they have worked side to side with Nazis. Like, come on. Yeah, because Zionism is colonial, right? It's a, it's a colonial project mm-hmm. and colonism has no ties to a specific you know ideology right it's that's why there's like neo uh you know colonialism like they talk about and why it can be right wing and left wing yeah and so them being a colonial project and a colonial state they're gonna fund this kind of shit worldwide and everywhere yeah yeah there's some archival documents that showed you know they really discovered and they show that israel helped prop up the brazilian junta again supplying weapons and military expertise just like we mentioned in guatemala chile and salvador already so bolivia paraguay same also same things they were doing but like in brazil it again already it didn't matter to israel (laughs) that they were working with nazis like in 1967 Brazil appointed a person named Miera Peña to serve as the Brazilian ambassador to Israel. And he was a, like, literal Nazi mom. And they didn't care because they're not for the Jewish people. Like, because if they were, they wouldn't be doing any of this. They also trained um, drug trafficking cartels in Mexico. Oh, wow. That I had no idea about. Uh Uh-huh. Like Rosetas there's been accounts by them that they were trained by u.s (laughs) counter i didn't hear that okay and yeah also israel i just didn't know about Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of the weapons they have were supplied by israel to what end i I really don't know (laughs) um but like the software that we mentioned pegasus that's what the cartels use um that's what Mm. they use pegasus too yeah apparently that's what i saw i read and then like current day israel has like no better ally than nayib bukele which is insane oh yeah insane to me Mm -hmm. because this is a palestinian man during the first uh during a nakba i think that's when his family fled to el salvador and He, I mean, yeah, he's using the Israeli spy tech Pegasus that was developed to Mm -hmm. buy on Palestinians. He uses this on journalists. He's been using this during the state of exception. And yeah, he is pro-Israel. That is just so... He's gone on record telling Palestinians they just need to like accept it, accept occupation. Wow. And yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. At all. Okay. And so like... When all this first broke out, when the uh, Hamas broke free of like, you know, and launched the attack, Mm -hmm. when all this first happened, there was like people like demanding like peace, right? Or like to cease fire. And like you already mentioned, those things cannot happen while Palestine is under occupation. Mm -hmm. But that's when I came across someone said, um, tweeted, like quote tweeted, someone mentioning that, you know, like, oh, peace, blah, 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 right? So um, on Twitter, um, Polemicist said, In 1994, when the EZLN launched its offensive on strategic urban centers in southern state of Chiapas, many people clamored for peace. Children wrote to the EZLN calling for peace. And the Zapatistas, their response to that was this. And I think it's worth mentioning. And so they wrote, Boys and girls, because they got a letter from Beatriz Hernández in Guadalajara, Guadalajara, Jalisco. (laughs) Mm. I'm talking about peace, right? So the response was, boys and girls, we received your letter of February 19, 1994 and the poem Prayer for Peace that came with it. It makes us happy to know that boys and girls who live so far away from our mountains and our misery are concerned that peace should come to Chiapan lands. We thank you very much for your brief letter. We would like you and your noble teachers to know that we did not take up arms for pleasure of fighting and dying. It is not because we don't want peace that we look for war. We were living without peace already. Our boys and girls are like you, but infinitely poorer. For our children, there are no schools or medicine, no clothes or food, not even a dignified roof, which we can store our death. We can store our poverty for our boys and girls. There's only work, ignorance and death. The land that we have is worthless, and in order to get something for our children, we have to leave home and look for work on land that belongs to others. Powerful people who pay us very little for our labor. Our children have to begin working at a very young age in order to be able to get food, clothing, and medicine. Our children's toys are the machete, the axe, and the hoe. From the time they are barely able to walk, playing and suffering, they go out looking for wood, cleaning brush, and planting they eat the same as we do corn beans and chile they cannot go to school to learn spanish because work kills the days and sickness kills the nights this is how our children have lived and died for 501 years we their fathers mothers sisters and brothers no longer want to carry the guilt of not doing anything to help our children we look for peaceful roads to justice and we find only mockery imprisonment blows and death we always find pain and sorrow we couldn't take it anymore. Boys and girls of Jalisco, it was too much pain and sorrow. And then we were forced to take the road to war because our voices were not heard. Boys and girls of Jalisco, we do not ask for handouts or charity. We ask for justice, a fair wage, a piece of good land, a decent house, an honest school, medicine that cures, bread on our tables, respect for what is ours, the liberty to say what is on our minds and to open our mouths so that our words can unite with others in peace and without death. This is what we always asked for, boys and girls of Jalisco, and they didn't listen. It was then that we took a weapon in our hands. It was then that we made our work tools into tools of struggle. We then turned the war they had made on us, the war that was killing us. Without you, boys and girls of Jalisco, knowing anything about it, we turned that war against them, the rich and the powerful, those who have everything and deserve nothing. That is why, boys and girls of Jalisco, we began our war. That is why the peace that we want is not the peace that we had before, because that wasn't peace. It was death and contempt. It was pain and suffering. It was disgrace. That is why we are telling you, with respect and love, boys and girls of Jalisco, to raise high the dignified flag of peace, to write poems that are prayers for a dignified life, and to search... Above all, for equal justice for everyone. Salud, boys and girls, from the mountains of the Mexican Southeast. Mexico, February 1994, Subcomandante Insurgente Marcos. And I just thought that was, that just like really says it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, just, you know, we talked about um, some of the things that, oops. some of the things that Israel has been doing in Latin America. But I did want to mention moments of like solidarity also. So, um the president of Colombia like denounced Israel and like you know, said what it is, said it how it is. So on October 15th, but yeah, the president of Colombia wrote the following. La barbaridad del consumo basado en la muerte de los demás nos lleva a un ascenso del fascismo sin precedente. Y por tanto, a la muerte de la democracia y la libertad es la barbaridad o el 1933 global, como la llamo. 1933 fue año donde ascendió Hitler al poder. But basically he wrote this flaming like thing talking, you know, about how Israel is like committing Genocide and that it's gonna keep happening if we don't like stand up for life. Yeah, equating it to the final solution. And that's what they're leading to. I saw this tweet that was like the ten steps for like genocide. Yeah. And Gaza is like on like I don't know, step number nine, like what Mm -hmm. they're doing. Also Venezuela has sent aid to Palestine. Um that's another, you know, act of solidarity. Of course they're like block blockading like they're not allowing aid to enter but they're trying spain spain kicked out the um, uh, Mm -hmm. embassy for israel but i also briefly wanted to mention i came across this picture from the 1930s of palestinians helping mexicans harvest olives in sinaloa mexico wow yeah here let me show you this and I also briefly, because we're like running out of time because my child is losing patience. But I also briefly wanted to mention um, that in Chile, you can find Club Palestino. It's a soccer team. It was founded in 1920. And then officially it became official, like in the 1950s, the Jewish organization. And and it's they said Jewish in the documentary, but really like the Zionists didn't even want to mm-hmm. let them use the name Club Palestino. They wanted to call it Arab, Arabe. To erase, to further erase Palestine people, but they refused. And their jerseys, they got in trouble for it, but it was the Gaza Strip for the number 11. Oh, Their chant, Free Palestine. Wow. But yeah, I, I had a longer thing written, but we're running out of time. But I wanted to mention them because uh, I watched a doc- documentary called Cuatro Colores. And in it, this, it's, it's a good documentary. I'll put the link in the show notes. Sorry about my child. <laughs> It's okay. But in the documentary, so there was a period of time that the Palestinian flag was banned everywhere, right? Wow. In the stadium in Chile, the flag flew freely. It's the only place that you could see the flag just like be flown in full colors. Wow. They travel around, you know, playing. In the 1970s, they were good. They rose from, because, you know, there's divisions And Mm -hmm. so when you ascend to first division, it's professional soccer leagues. They Mm. ascended to first division, but they've won championships. It's like they can't have their own team in Palestine, but this is their team. Mm -hmm. They've gone to Palestine. Wow. They represent, you know, Palestinians. It's beautiful to see Mm -hmm. that it's and I'll send you some clips that I found just so you can see them because they're yeah, it's like it's just beautiful. Yeah, like, although you can find, you know, support for the colonial powers everywhere. You can also find people supporting Palestine. There's been protesting everywhere and um, including like Latin American countries, Mexico, Mm El Salvador. I've seen Chile, Colombia. Yeah. Everywhere. Just people coming out in numbers. In Oakland, high schoolers walked out of Fremont Mm -hmm. High School amazing amazing yeah so there's you know there's support and we will put links in the show notes for places you can support um i found a, a palestinian owned shop in san diego that sells you know those scarves they have a very specific name they're not scarves they have a specific oh. name that i'm not i don't i'm not remembering I don't, know, I don't know that name but um all like their funds some of the funds go to palestine and it's palestinian owned there's things you can do to help like we already said at the top of the episode, sharing, and yeah, I uh sharing, posting, talking about it, sending aid, and yeah, I mean, it's and, and yeah, and a lot of people are like, well, why should I care about this? like it has nothing to do with me, but I don't know, like our tax um taxes are funding <laughs> genocide, yeah, and like uh, for me i don't I don't want that, you know what I mean, yeah. and we can let our government know that, yeah. Also, I've seen a lot of people calling uh, Robinette, Genocide Genocide Joe. (laughs) Joe yeah And very true, because uh, before this, I didn't know he was so pro-Israel. Yeah, and you could see that through his voting records, through his statements, speeches, statements. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this also isn't like a long, long record of that. Yeah, and this isn't the first time he's funded wars and genocide. So, yeah. Also, like, we're like running out of time. Maybe next episode, I'll talk a little bit more about it. But like you know stand with palestine but also like look at you know because uh, we have like a lot of latina latino listeners but look at movements in your own countries currently because mm-hmm. uh, guatemala is currently protesting um mm-hmm. dictatorship uh, obviously we talk about Oslo a little lot yeah the otomi in mexico are also tr- uprising um there was like again it's like a lot that I haven't I've read briefly about and I've seen videos mm-hmm. but like um they were promised I think land back and then the government the Mexican government went oh. back on that promise and so there was like pro uh, they were like protesting and then it got violent on by the Mexican government of course mm, of um, state section violence you know mm-hmm. and so they were attacked that's the otomi Haiti is currently trying to resist o- uh, occupation again Mm. there's just a lot happening it's it's a lot yeah but yeah i just wanted to mention all that briefly before we end the episode that already has gone long and i didn't want to i didn't get to talk about as much as i wanted to about the soccer team but but please watch that documentary it's free it's on vimeo what is the documentary called it's called cuatro colores i'll send you the link i'll also put it in the show notes oh you did say that it's like 40 something minutes long They talk about uh, the Nakba, about movement, uh, migration, you know, from Palestine to Chile. And then obviously the the soccer team. But also, like, there's one play part that they talk about how they were about to play in the championships. And then they got word about, I don't know if you've read about 2018 when Palestinians marched, a peaceful march. Yeah. And then they all got killed. The March for Return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then massacred it's just truly horrific and i don't know how people are ignoring all of that at this point like but and and like i think you and i already knew a little bit more about this because of the things that we watch and listen to yeah but also there was a an american palestinian journalist i can't remember Mm -hmm. her name but she a lot of what was happening in palestine it came to light because of her yeah you know journalism and like reporting on the truth and yeah. she was shot by an Israeli sniper. To this day, they refuse. Which they deny. Yeah. They refuse mm-hmm. to accept that they did it, to acknowledge that they did it. And on top of that, you're not supposed to kill press. That's also yeah. a, a war yeah. crime. Um, they have their vests that mark them as journalists, as press. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like targeted and killed by a sniper. And then on her funeral, they attacked the mm-hmm. people. You can see this clip has been going around for like, yeah years now that they're like the paul pale bearers. how do you say that paul bears it's not paul Paul bears i think is it it it? pale or paul i want to say it's paul bearer, like the people holding the casket yeah okay um they are trying to pull the casket from them and they're Mm -hmm. like desperately trying to get her back because she was beloved like i'm getting chills on like just talking about her she's not even the first person in 2003 there was an american citizen who i don't remember if she was a journalist she was a college student actually i think and she was in palestine and she was like witnessing these atrocities and in protest she stood in front of a bulldozer that was trying to um, destroy a palestinian home and the israelis bulldozed her they killed her my god this was 2003 like this has been going on for a long time it's and they were able to do that because they other they don't see Palestinians as people, yeah, and this was a blonde uh, American girl in two thousand and three, Wow, and they still like people don't see like it's and and again two thousand three mm-hmm. but uh, but again, there's like protests around the world supporting Palestine, and like I truly hope that we can see a free Palestine that we can see mm-hmm. uh, the Otomi people get their land back that yeah you know all these things like When when we say like decolonize like yeah, whatever at whatever cost like at whatever you know it everywhere yeah yeah yeah. but yeah yeah that's just what I wanted to say I don't know if you have anything else to add (sighs) no no I think we've we've said everything and it's been it's been heavy but it makes sense because how else are we supposed to feel you know (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah I guess that brings us to an end uh thank you everybody for listening and like Christina said in the show notes we'll have um links and stuff of like more information where to support and things like that yeah um and yeah I guess bye everyone check those links out and yeah bye yes, take yes. care but wait wait before we go um there's this tiktoker called under the news de- uh desk or whatever she got big in during mm-hmm. the pandemic because she would give like news in a understandable cohesive two-minute video Uh right and so um in one of her videos covering like this it was very a very neutral stance which you know people tend Mm -hmm. to do like we already talked about but Mm -hmm. they said um like log off if you need to um don't pay Mm -hmm. attention to this but it's like no please pay attention to this and do what you can to go out and show support i mean that's what we're being asked to do right yeah um by palestinians and so you know we should yeah be doing that show up where you can and if you can't yeah. then like buy one of those scarves that i'm talking about from a palestinian shop to help aid or there's like places you can donate like yeah just do what you can yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah that's it that's <laughs> it for real this time all right <laughs> thanks everyone all right thanks everyone bye bye